Welcome to another Live in the Past for the 1996 season. We're going through March this episode. My co-host is Ben. I'm enthused to be here. This is a great month. Uh, We've got uh, all sorts of election stuff coming up. We've got the Academy Awards. uh, We've uh, got a bit of... We've got to touch a little bit of true crime. We get some icky marriages out of the way. Um, (laughs) We've got Kelsey Grammer trying to act in a movie. (laughs) Um... We've got uh, a bit of uh, South Australia represent in our movie and our music section, so I'm uh, looking forward to that. Yeah. So I am looking forward to this episode, but before we get into anything that's 90s related, uh, we usually talk about stuff that's not 90s related. Um, I believe in this section, for this particular episode, it's going to be living in the dial of destiny. So let's do that. So we did go see The Dial of Destiny last night, the new Indiana Jones film, and uh, I was delighted, but I'm an easy sell. <laughs> I had the exact same word in my head because Del- I couldn't find anything to dislike. No, it was fine. It was and like, Maybe like, the length, but you know. Yeah. It's a Sunday night. Yeah, I um, I, I, <laughs> the, the mood for the first time, I don't know, because I haven't gone to the movies for a while. But for the for the first time in a while, the mood when the movie ended, a lot of people didn't seem happy. <laughs> like there was a few people walking past, just like. Oh. I, I think that's what it's like at the cinema now. When the movie is over, you're like, oh, so that's it, back to life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I um, it's not like when you watched. Uh, I don't know. Remember, like we, we went and saw Dark Knight. And like at the end of it, everyone's just like blown away. Like there's no one in that audience that wasn't blown away by it. And it's just like you leave, and it's like everyone's just like that was amazing. Um, it's very hard to get that across the board. Um, something for everyone reaction these days from a movie. I don't know. I think people are expecting too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, people. I think some people go in expecting to hate it, and then don't like they they maybe set their bar like way too low. I think that the generation was a factor because next to me was a lady clearly 50 60 plus but was with what i'm assuming is her children in their maybe 30s and then they had a child as well right so and there was a bit of that i saw people on the way out like older people our sort of age and then actual children yeah (laughs) the children like on that was really long (laughs) yeah i don't know if the film was for I mean, I, in a way, it should be for all of those generations, but yeah. at the same time, mm. I can understand that it's not. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I found, yeah, I found it all. I mean, I, I just took, like, like that as soon as that that music goes on, like it just takes me back to childhood and nostalgia and stuff like that. So, like, yeah, I was a pretty easy sell on all of that, but um, yeah. So, if you haven't seen I'm, it, I'm go glad see it. there wasn't as many fan moments that what it wasn't completely like. Here's some some crumbs for like old school fans or like the nerds. It wasn't. Uh, there's a few of them. <laughs> no, there was there was there was definitely a few, but it wasn't just littered with nostalgia and you know. My one they... my one gripe is that. Mm-hmm. So usually for the first four, 
they would do like a dissolve from the Paramount Mountain to like actually something in ah. the movie. And this time around, they don't do that. They do it with another uh, production company, um, mm. but not with uh, Paramount. So um, that was like, I mean, I, I liked how they, I, like, I, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts and the, and, and the hardcore nerds were like going, I wonder what they're going to do with the, because everyone thought they were maybe like, maybe it'll be like a Disney castle dissolve to like an actual German castle sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so but what they did was was fine. It was just um, it, yeah. it was very modern, I think. Yeah, but um, I liked it. It's always good to see like people um punching Nazis, so it's good. Yeah, cool. Um, so, oh. solid solid four, I would say, maybe three and a half, but yeah, yeah. I I'm think um, yeah. Uh, apart from that, I I don't think I've been doing that much. Like I'm I'm on holidays at the moment, so. Wasting them <laughs> day by day. <laughs> so at the end of the holidays, I'm like, I did nothing. Um, but yeah, what about you? Um, yeah, same. Watching garbage. I'm with, I'm in a bit of a action movie phase at the moment. So like, I watch. I've been watching president based uh, action movies. So I watch White House Down and then Olympus Has Fallen <laughs> because they both came out the same year. Remember that. It was like two identical films. Yeah. 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 Why would um, you watch either of those? I don't know. I just, sometimes I just want to... Anything with Jared Butler. Don't... don't <laughs> you bother. don't like it. What's your... Let's, let's not go there. Jared Butler is not in 1996. Okay. No problems. Let's, let's go back to... <laughs> well, there's, there's more of that story that I'm going to find out. But we'll, we'll, we'll delve back into 1996 now. And we'll go into the events. <laughs> So, Australia had an election, and John Howard won it by a landslide. <laughs> uh, the most landslidiest election of all. I don't think there's ever been. It's, it's it's comparable to when Labor won this year, but more. Um, yeah, it was it was quite a, a walk in the park for the Liberals, and then they will be in there until. <sighs> 07, so that's like, yeah, 11 years of uh, liberal rule in Australia. Wow. Which, if, you, if, you're, if you're from another country, um, liberals here are the, are the Republican-ish ones. They're like the conservatives. Um, whereas in America, they'll call Democrats liberals. <laughs> it's very confusing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, John Howard won. He was from the centre-right part of the Liberal Party too, which is not a good place to be. Um, definitely like a lot more um, conservative ideals and lots of stuff. Uh, and he will be elected in March and then having to deal with his first major crisis next month, but we'll get to that. Um, we also had, delving into our uh, true crime, we had a massacre in Scotland, the Dunblane Massacre. Um, a man walked into a school and shot 16 students. And I think three Was he students. an American man? No, he was, a, he was a Scottish man. Oh. Uh, he, so he had a, um, a long history of uh, not convicted, but a lot of people thought that he was being inappropriate with, with children. He had a lot to do with like, the local uh. scouts and stuff like that and basically got blacklisted from there. He reckons that like rumour 
um, about him and his uh, crimes was affecting his business and he just um from, from what i can say like he just walked into a school and just started shooting um well, that's that's great for business isn't it uh, yeah. um and then he so yeah uh it was what it, it still remains the worst mass shooting wow. in um uk history uh it did uh the, the the positives that did come out of it was that they uh banned all uh handguns like the the, the ones with the um the magazine like the Oh, yeah, those ones. Yeah, like they 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 banned all those. The, I think little automatic ones. Yeah, yeah, and um, it, that that goes for everyone except for Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland never took it on board, but like everywhere else, um, UK, Wales, and Scotland, um, you cannot own or definitely hold like um, yeah, be walking around with with those sort of weapons, um, and that was brought in by the like the Tory government, but there was it was still it was it was one of the ones that was actually followed on with the Labour government there too. So they they really wanted to to crack down. Actually, the Labour one added a couple more different handguns <laughs> to the bill and saying, no, we don't want those those as well. So, yeah. Right. It's a, yeah, like the, if you if you go to a couple of pages I went through, like it does like a bit of a minute by minute um, recap of what he did and it's 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 not, not nice reading. So, read it if you dare. Uh, we'll not be doing that. No. no, it's not, it's not fun. We also, going on to slightly lighter stuff, um, well, not slightly lighter, but like, definitely lighter than that. Um, we had our first images of Pluto before it got banished out of the planets. <laughs> this was back when, like, they, they we we still regarded Pluto as a planet, and they said, "Hey, we got some we got some photos of it. Like, look at that!" And everyone's like, "Bah, it's just Pluto." <laughs> Fuck that it's, small planet. <laughs> it's so weird how up and down that little place has been. Oh, it's like. I was like how um, you always get one person uh, when you like you bring it up. It's like no, it's a dwarf planet. It doesn't it doesn't count. I'm like shut up, just just shut up. I feel like Pluto is going to be the make or break of our society one day. <laughs> Look at the Pluto wars. <laughs> There's they're going to find life on there, or they're going to find some sort of like mineral or something that will save yeah know, our existence, and people be like nah. No, no they, they they find it on there, and but the 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 Pluto overlords say we'll only let you mine it if you recognise us as a planet, <laughs> and then Neil deGrasse Tyson will go. Actually, it's more of a dwarf planet, and he'll just doom society. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. See what happens, Neil, when you fact checked everyone. It gets, it, yeah, you doom us all. <laughs> dwarf planets are still planets. So Clint Eastwood, sixty, <laughs> married Dina Ruiz, thirty-five. Which I guess is, you know... No, she, no sorry, Clint Eastwood was 65, married Dina Ruiz, who was 30. Which I guess, you know, whatever. But there's, like I mentioned last month, there's like a lot of big age gaps between uh, celebrities and, and their new spouses and stuff like that. This is the fifth, I think this is the fifth wife for Clint Eastwood too. He had already had eight children from his other five marriages. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought he had one son that kind of looked like him and almost made it as an actor. Yeah, that that wasn't... Yeah, so, like, they he had another child with this, uh, with Dina. Um, did a little uh, further snooping, and they broke up. They, they divorced in 2012. Uh, little, little postscript to that was she had always been pretty... Like, like him, he's... You know, he's, like, famously not a public dude like he's very private sort of thing 
Um, she decided in 2011, 2012 to do a reality TV show where she was, I think she was like a manager for a band and wanted them to sort of get like a record contract and stuff like that. And like, it would go into her personal life and every so often Clint would pop up and not, and just look uncomfortable as hell and then sort of just go up into the back room and just like, ah. I can't imagine him, him being uncomfortable. He seems like he'd just be too above any of that. Nah, apparently he hated it. So, like, you know, like, have you, have you, have you seen that new Sylvester Stallone show? Heavens, well, no. Have you heard of it, though? No, I didn't even so know that he, he doing his stuff. daughters convinced him to they're gonna it's like a Kardashians type sort of thing and he's got like four daughters oh, and it's okay. like yeah it's like the Stallones basically and like they go and and and, and but he's like embracing it so as as Sylvester Stallone would and should but Clint Eastwood was not like that he apparently caused a huge rift in the marriage they split up she went to her friend from high school. Like apparently he was consoling her, and his he he was married. His his partner got in touch with Clint Eastwood saying, "Hey, your ex is getting together with mine." And then Clint and that chick got together. Oh, <laughs> and it was just like swapsies. <laughs> okay, can you imagine like ringing up Clint Eastwood and saying, "Hi, Clint. Uh, my my ex my 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 husband's like uh, I think he's having sex with your ex." My. God, would you like to have sex with me? <laughs> the ultimate revenge. Let's get together. Would you like to meet Dirty Harry? Um, so yeah, those two got together, and like, yeah, so it was just a uh, a, a full on swapsies. But that was like that was in 2012. That's in a few seasons time. They officially said that there was one billion households around the world that own TVs. Yay! <laughs> how, how did they know that? I don't know. I don't know, but you, you register. <laughs> Didn't remember, don't you remember when you used to register your TV? By the way, some of those photos of um, Clint Eastwood on that reality show, he looks super uncomfortable and it's very funny. <laughs> Everyone should maybe have I, a go. Yeah, maybe I should be watching this. Um, I'll quickly just go through. So the Academy Awards were there. Um, it was hosted by Whoopi. It was a bit of a Braveheart fest, I have to admit. Um, it won Best Picture. Mel Gibson won Best Director. Susan Sarandon won for um, Best Actress for Dead Man Walking. Best Actor was Nicolas Cage for Leaving Las Vegas. Kevin Spacey won Best Supporting Actor for Usual Suspects. Best Supporting Actress was Mira Savino for Mighty Aphrodite, which was a Woody, ha- a Woody Allen film. <laughs> so, oh, so this, is a good, this is a good time. <laughs> mm. um, Best Screenplay was Usual Suspects. Man, that won a lot. Maybe that's why people regard it so much, because it won so many awards. Yeah, it really shouldn't be. Um, yeah, best screenplay it's not now, was now. I don't think it's nah. okay. Best uh, screenplay was *Sense and Sensibility* by Emma Thompson. So she was just she got some golden globes as well. Good for her. Um, good probably. for her. And Pocahontas won yeah. best musical score. Oh yeah, and also from best original song. I think it's just a shoe in that any Disney movie is just going to win that. The Sex Pistols. Well, there wasn't a lot of other great stuff going on, was there? No, the Sex Pistols. Announced that they were going to reform, and I have to. It's it's. Look, I do you I don't, have to. I don't really like the Sex Pistols. Like I was in a punk band. I was always more of a Clash person. Had a few people who are big Sex Pistols fans. I found I find them. I find them and also their music not great. Um, yes, but they go. are. But hey, they are funny. 
because Johnny Rotten said, "We still hate each other with a vengeance, but we, what we but we found a common cause, and that cause is your money." <laughs> so they basically, hey, look, Alicia's honest. Like Alicia, like I don't see the Eagles being that honest about every farewell tour they fucking done. Or John Farnham is just like, oh, I just need more money. So Johnny Rotten's like, look, we're gonna get some money. Um, it didn't start off very well. No way. So uh, they went to the first place they played was Finland, and I think one of the reasons was because if you don't, if you know your Sex, Sex Pistols history, which I know you do, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go over it again. Um, I guess they broke up after an American tour. They were going to go to the Scandinavian tour after America, but they the um, uh, Finland had already uh, claimed back in 1978 that they don't want them there. They put them on the same list as like uh, like criminals, like murderers and stuff like that, or people. You know, basically like okay. they get they they didn't allow them them into the country uh, back in 1978. They they welcomed them um, for their first concert, but for the first concert. <laughs> They got thrown. They got stuff thrown at them, and also like jars of piss and urine like, was, were thrown at them. Um, they had to get coaxed back on stage halfway through the set. Apparently, happened quite a lot. Um, apparently, didn't realize that like a lot of punks are gross and will just throw stuff at them because that's what they used to do back in the day. But when that's yeah. fine in a small club in London, but when it's like on mass in a huge like um, festival and like everyone's throwing shit at you, <laughs> and it's different when you're like. 21 and you already smell like piss versus when you're 48 yeah. Yeah. and like I don't want this now yeah so there's a couple of really good articles at Rolling Stone and Diffuser um, if you want to look into that um, some of their um, their, their set, was, set list was basically the, the same every night because they had no they didn't write any new songs for it it was just like basically never mind the blood bollocks and that's it have you got any more murders before I take over no I'm good okay. alright let's do some sport No, it's been a marvelous game here. Yes, for England. As everyone may recall, and has been hanging, uh, hanging out to hear, the Cricket World Cup was still going on. Right. Uh, it started back in. Oh February. yeah, I do, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. See, exciting stuff. Um, so in March we had the quarterfinals, the semi, and obviously the final. Okay. Our, our little friends Australia made it all the way to the final, Aww. knocking out New Zealand and the West Indies in a thriller on the okay. way there, but then lost to Sri Lanka. Aww. Yeah. Sri Lanka knocked out England and India on their way to the final. Warnie would have got shit face uh, last night, that night. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a, a good event for all seemed to have gone quite well. Oh, like, there on. was a lot of really close, pretty interesting games, except. The Sri Lanka India semi final was pretty one sided, but they went on to win it. So, was that the Bevan years? I don't think so. I thought that it was, but I feel like he came around maybe, or he wasn't quite. Oh no, he was. Yeah, he was there. Thirty six not out in the final. We also had uh, the first ever IPC Ice Sledge Hockey World Championships. Nice. Who was yeah. that? Uh, this was Sweden, Norway, Canada, Estonia, United States, and Japan made their debut. Was, was held Canada, in. Uh, did you say Canada, Canada as well? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 I was, I was like, um, it was quite. It was quite a small event. Um, only uh, six countries. So. Who won? Canada. Sweden won, <gasps> but they did host it, so you know. 
Oh, they probably put something in the drinking water. Yeah. Yeah, you you expect the host is they, they're probably always gonna win. Six vessels were probably doing that tour there. Got distractors. I don't know. <laughs> they're not allowed. Um, they beat Norway in the final. I'll play um, hockey. <laughs> Canada beat Estonia for third place. Oh, good on them. Yeah, weird. In more rough and tumbles, we had the Women's Home Nations Championship, which is rugby union. Okay. Um, yeah. In what you would call the motherland. So England, was... Scotland, Ireland, Wales. Yeah, rugby union, I don't know. Like, I mean, not something like, you know, I'm a huge rugby league fan, but unions just... <laughs> I always preferred union to league. League really? was too confusing and quick. And I think having played union in high school, like I understood it a bit what? better. What? Really? Yeah. Briefly. With the glasses? Uh, I would generally not wear glasses during PE or sport. Okay. So, and did you have the wraparounds? You don't have to see a lot. Did you have the wraparounds? No, I just, I just, no, I just went naked. <laughs> did you? So, where were you in the scrum? For a lot of scrum, I was I was in the middle. I was, you Ooh. know, front line. Now, first line. Let me just, let me just do a little sidebar here. Um, just so we know, it's 1996. I'm not currently in high school. Okay, cool. But but like, Although I did do a trial at primary school when we lived in Adelaide. And had that go and for I you. hated it. <laughs> no one talked to me. No one was very nice. I felt very awkward and I did not return. I like Scottish bums. <laughs> <laughs> in my scrums. <laughs> I think because my primary school smell, team... Is it smelly in there? Is that gross? I don't I'm really not, know. Not, I'm, I'm not even it's asking not like a, in a weird way. It's just like, it just seems like a really weird... Um. Uh. So if you, I'm talking about the scrums. Like, so you're like it's you're too cold it, to really notice what's going on. But like, it just seems like a really weird. Like, like you're you're all working on the fact that the other team will push back enough that you're not all just going to fall over at the at the same time. Oh, you time. fall down a lot. Oh man, it just seems like a weird thing. It's like it's like it's like someone didn't finish writing the rules that day, and they're like, ah, oh, just all. <laughs> Just all join together and try not to fall down. We'll call it a scrum. It is It is very weird and it doesn't make sense for... <clears throat> it makes perfect sense for the two front lines heads to just go into the dirt. Yeah. Which is quite common. Um, you just, and like, you know, it's always a very manly man sport, but they like put their they put their heads as close to like their arse and genitalia as possible. And it's like, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very... It's very strange. Yeah. All right. No, that's all. Okay. That's cool. Is there any pictures yeah, of you playing rugby? I doubt it. I um, fell out of the team pretty early on when I stopped paying attention and would just stand out <laughs> um, by the sideline waiting for the ball to come to me. And the coach said, you need to be closer so the ball can get to you. And I was like, eh. Have I told the, no, thing, on the, have I told the thing on the podcast about how my coach in high school for football says, like, if you're not dirty... At quarter time, then you haven't been working hard enough, so I just like wipe mud on my legs. <laughs> <laughs> I kind, I kind of don't disagree with him. <laughs> I do feel after, so soccer on Saturday, I did get a bit dirty. There's yeah. been a few games where I'll come home and there's no mud on me, and I thought, <laughs> and Laura's like, oh. "What'd you do? Nothing." <laughs> you oh, she, she doesn't notice. She doesn't care if I'm dirty or not. Well, she actually probably doesn't want me to be because I'll bring mud through the house. But there's that feeling of like, oh, I didn't, I didn't get dirty. I didn't, I didn't do things that I yeah, should have done. Nah. I don't know. Mr. Mr. Deegan was like, ah, if you're not doing it, I'm like, I think I I crossed the line when I put some on my face. He's like, what did you do? 
Hey, it flicks up. I'm in, I'm in the army, sir. <laughs> I, try, I try to do these like lines that are like in the NFL players do. It's just like, oh, oh God. Yeah. That's for the yeah. glare from the sun so it doesn't reflect off your sweaty cheeks. It's like I'm um, playing Predator out there or something. Yeah, basically. You're hiding in the mud. <laughs> no one can see me. Uh, speaking of hiding in the mud, here's a beautiful segue. Yeah. Uh, the AFL season kicked off. Oh, nice. And Melbourne got pummeled by 127 points in the first game of the year. Wow. Mm. There's been some pretty big... That's rough. There have been some pretty big um, margins this round. Wasn't there one with West Coast or something? Like they, there were people saying they should have done like a mercy rule or something? Yeah, Sydney beat them recently by over 100. It's pretty embarrassing. Richmond only managed to beat them by like 20, which is also mm. embarrassing. Okay. Um, but there were some big ones as well. Brisbane beat... This is kind of ironic. Brisbane beat Footscray by oh. 87 points. Wow. And Adelaide beat Sydney by 90. Nice. Um, other than that, you know, pretty average 18, 20, 24, 24 Now, this isn't the Adelaide... Margins. That's not the Adelaide Premiership season. That's next season, yeah? Uh, well, we'll find out at the end of the season, won't we? It's only March, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hurt myself. No, you do not. Okay. Um, but we only had one round so far, so we'll have to check back in in April and see how they're all going. Okay. Um, in less exciting news, Lenny Wilkins, Wilkins, the uh, the famous basketball man, yeah, sure, became the first coach in NBA history to reach a thousand career victories. No, who was he coaching? That was with Atlanta Hawks. Ah, Dominique. Yeah, yeah. but this I is Lenny. Things. Um. Our old mate, Frank Bruno, who I feel like we've never even mentioned before. But if you're you're British and you were around Britain between the mid-90s and the early 2000s, he was... A lot of their boxers just had this kind of celebrity figure. They'd be on, like, comedy chat shows. They'd, you know, like Chris Eubank type. They'd just go on to be a personality. Like, Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um... Fuck, 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 fuck. Um, no, like in the in NBA, uh, Charles Barkley. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, Just those big, dumb, fun guys. Yeah. Shaq types. <laughs> <laughs> um, So he was knocked out in the third round and lost his heavyweight title to some other guy. Um, to some, is that his that 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 name? <laughs> yeah. We'll hear, we'll hear more about that other guy in the future. Nice. We've already heard about him. Oh, no. Um. No. And... Did he spend some time in prison? He sure did. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you may recall that Cleveland left town. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. The, t- yeah. the team was just put in the shelf. Um, <laughs> the Browns. The Baltimore yeah. Ravens became an official team. Oh, nice. They do have yeah, a, I guess so. they, they do have a really cool, like, logo. Like, that was yeah, pretty, it's all right. Pretty metal. I, um... <clears throat> Props to the purple. Yeah. That's that's a brave choice. Did you see... I mean, it shouldn't be, but, you know, the way society is, it's good for yeah. you for sticking with a strong colour. Did you see this week, I don't know, it's from 1998, um, but it's kind of sports related. Did you see Norm MacDonald's um, opening monologue for the ESPY Awards? Like the ESPY, ESPY Awards? No. 
it's like it comes up occasionally. Sometimes I think um, it's that whole sort of algorithm thing. Like if I watch uh, old Conan Conan clips and Norm Macdonald pops up, then like he comes up on my <clears throat> my Instagram a bit. So he did this monologue about this guy. He said, "Oh, look, he's here. I can't remember what he said. He's like, this guy's here. He's like, ah, oh, you know, you're an MVP. It won't be taken away from you unless you murder your wife and a waiter." <laughs> And the oh. entire crowd just went, and even the guy just like his face just dropped, and he's like, "Nah." Um, and apparently, yeah, it was like if you ever get a chance, it's the 1998 uh, SB monologue by Norm Macdonald. Um, it's got some traction lately for some reason, probably for that reason. But yeah, it's um, it's one of those one of those nineties gems where it's like they just didn't do their research about who they were asking to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I like when Ricky Gervais first did the awards. And yeah. Like, oh, he's yeah. roasting people. We don't yeah. like this. No, we don't like that. It's like, but yeah, this was like that. <laughs> it's yeah, like, um, love him or hate him. Like, Norm Macdonald did like a lot of that shit. <laughs> and it was pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> if watching any, of, if any of these Conan clips of, 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 of him is, is, just, is just gold. Anyway, sorry. I deviated. Uh, no, that was it. You're fine. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sport is over. See you next um, month. All right, let's go on to film. Now, ooh, this week, this month, Down Periscope, Up Close and Personal, The Birdcage, Fargo, Homeward Bound 2, If Lucy Fell, Ed, Executive Decision, Too Much, Diabolique, Flirting with Disaster, Girl 6, Race the Sun, Rasputin, and Sergeant Bilko. Oof. Yeah, no, I mean, it's called the uh, the month that bad. will the month of future movies that will you use to pad out your two for two. Like these are movies that like ah, oh, it's cheaper if I get two weeklies. Oh, I'll just grab Sergeant Bilko. Second <laughs> decision. I never watch it. <laughs> I never watch it. Um, I wanted to watch up close and personal. I don't know why. Yeah, um, I kind of wanted to, but. Then it and I also wanted to watch side. Moved on. Ed, um, but I didn't want to spend five dollars on watching Ed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tried to get it, and it also failed. And then I watched the trailer for it and read that it's just a man in a costume, and I thought, nah. Yeah, no, it's like um, it's it's got a, a lot of bad bad reviews. Um, Matt yeah. LeBlanc, just one the first of many uh, swing and miss <laughs> for uh, Mr. LeBlanc. Funnily enough, uh, Matthew Perry was also considered for the role. I bet he was. They're like, mm. Matthew Perry. And he's like, I am coked out of my mind. <laughs> like, also, right. that's not, not good athletic. For a, that's not good for a monkey on set. <laughs> <laughs> I did, like, there's a... we, we don't want to deal with a monkey and Matthew Perry. Let's take the monkey. <laughs> uh, there is quite a few YouTube clips of quote unquote unfunny Ed scene. Oh, nice. Um, because the, the scenes aren't funny. All right. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'll chuck some up, maybe. I'm glad I didn't watch it. Um, I watched Down Periscope uh, because of the Kelsey Grammer of it all. Um, it's very interesting. Uh, love Frasier. Um, love Sideshow Bob. I don't know whether he should be in movies. He just doesn't have. Like he can't hold a movie for an hour and a half. Like it's it's it's, it's Down Periscope is not a bad movie. It's not actually not that bad at all. It's kind of like yeah. that Simpsons episode come to life. As a as a real life movie, um, when oh. Homer takes over, like it's it's pretty much that they're doing like war games and stuff. And wait, um, is 
did the Simpsons episode steal Dan Periscope? Nah, I think I was trying to work out. I think the Dan Periscope came after. Um, oh. what's the Simpsons Navy one? Um, it's the poop deck. Whatever I think it is. Um, yeah, no. Nah, she goes, <clears throat> Mister Mo. I feel like that was. No, that's nineteen ninety-eight. Okay, yeah, nah. So yeah. it must have been after. Yeah. So um, so yeah, maybe, maybe the like that they, they do use that that music, and I think that music is is like traditional Navy music that um that they use throughout the the film and that episode. Traditional Navy music. Well, I think it's like their <laughs> every 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 batch of the military have like their own sort of theme song. Theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and theirs was in the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, Down Periscope has got like a, a lot of blink and you miss it sort of like actors. Um, Harlan Williams is the best thing about that movie. Like he's, he's amazing in it. And I don't. He often is. Um, I think he's yeah he's very much forgotten about because like, I think he did a couple of roles that are like a little bit annoying, but this one was not too bad. And um, this is the motorbike cop from Dumb and Dumber for those that yes, um, and there's a if you ever read um, Patton Patton Oswalt's one of his books like he, this was his very first film, and he like he also messed up because like in two weeks into it he got a staff writing job for Mad TV. And left. He's like, I thought I did, he'd killed his um, career. So you'll see in the background, uh, Patton Oswalt every so often, but then he's like kind of replaced <laughs> halfway oh. through the movie. <laughs> is um, he kind of just like a background extra, like a common background? He was like, uh, he... he played, he played like a like an operator. He has a couple of lines, but he's not a major part. Um, and then Lauren Holly's in it, um, making up for a beautiful girl's role. Um, she's really good in this. Um, Rob Schneider plays a very... <laughs> oh, he plays Rob Schneider. Um, <laughs> they managed to talk Harry Dean Stanton and um, Bruce Dern into it as well. William H. Macy's in this because he's in every film of 1996. Um, Rip Torn. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, it's Yelling on, at it's, people? Yeah. Um, he's not even much, but he's, he's in a, a just just enough. Um, if you want to look, it's it's fine. It's like it's a nice little uh, um, Saturday afternoon movie uh, that you don't have to really worry about. So, um, tell me about Homeward Bound two. Speaking of nice Saturday afternoon movies, um, it probably would be, but I watched it at nine a.m. on a Sunday, <laughs> and it look, it's basically Homeward Bound one. <laughs> It is. It could not be. More. People well, complain so, about hey, Homeland One San and Two Francisco being the same. This time, come on. Well, that's. We don't realize this in the first film, but that's actually kind of where they live. I, the family I'm lives amazing. just outside of San Fran. I may. I'm. They actually live in the, like the real rich part. I think, like, um, yeah, over the other side of the bridge. Um, they got the all the actors back though. Yeah, they did. That's pretty. Um, not only yeah. did they get the original cast, they got. Sinbad, they got Carla Guccini, <laughs> they got Ned Ryerson, whose real name I don't know. Um, oh, um, Adam, Stephen Tobolsky. Adam, nice. Yes, um, Adam Goldberg. I saw that. <laughs> he have we talked about this? I can't stand that guy. <laughs> I, oh, I think he's amazing. Oh no, don't! Because he, he's, he's talk about punchable faces. But his face isn't in it. He's the voice of a dog, and the voice he does for this dog is one of the greatest. 
you know who Adam Goldberg is? He is um, in Seven Private Ryan. He is like the the Jewish member of the squad who has that um, pretty brutal knife fight towards the end of the movie. Um, he's good in that movie. I think I'll, I'll give him that. But like most other movies, he's got a punchable face. I don't really remember that. Okay. Part. Um, but he is also quite notably. Uh, is he Chandler's roommate or Joey's roommate for a little bit? Yeah, Joey's, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, And then Tisha Campbell, who I can't remember what she was in. Um, 90 sitcoms. Oh, My Wife and Kids. Oh, yeah, I know her. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, She voices one of the dogs as well. She's Uh, in House Party. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, she's great. The whole cast of dogs is incredible. There's a scene where Michael J. Fox's human... Jamie, that like the youngest child, runs off to play baseball with his friends. He's like, "No chance, you can't come. I'm fucking over having a dog. I don't like you anymore. Piss off." And he's <laughs> the, the, un, the unrated version. <laughs> yeah, That's essentially what he's saying. Um, but then Chance is pretty stupid, so he goes and follows Jamie anyway. And there's four dogs laying on the sideline commentating on the baseball. <laughs> and it's three or four. I think maybe it was three. And they're three baseball commentators. Oh, really? Like it's actual. It's the guy from, what's his name? Yuka from Major League. Oh, nice. Yep. Bob Yuka, yeah. Um, who plays a, a German Shepherd. There's like a Sheltie. It's just, it's so good. It we made. Got a, got a Will Sasso in there too. Um, yeah, he's in it for five seconds at the end. Um, Al, My- Al Michaels does one of the uh, dogs' voices that are commentating. The famous Al Michaels. You, well, you wouldn't know his name, but you'd know his face. You'd know his voice. Like he is. Got you. A, yeah, gave it a two and a half, huh? It's, 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 it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it is essentially the first movie again. Like the family is going on this holiday to Canada. They're gonna go camping, and the dad's like, "Why are we bringing all the animals? This is stupid." And they're like, "Well, last time they fucking ran away, so let's keep them with us." Except they've seen put them Home on the Alone too. <laughs> it is very similar. Um, but Chance freaks out. Michael J. Fox's dog freaks out. He thinks they're sending them back to the bear place, so he escapes the airport, and then they all try and venture back to their home outside of San Francisco. The family lands in Canada, and they're like, where are our pets? And they're like, oh, yeah, they didn't get on the plane, so they can't they arrive. They didn't get the on the plane. <laughs> and the dad's they like... Yeah. They forgot their boarding passes because they're animals. <laughs> <laughs> They're in New York <laughs> getting turtle doves. <laughs> um, and then the dad, in typical dad fashion, is like, I'll go home and find them. You all enjoy the holiday. There's no need to ruin the holiday while his three children are crying, concerned about their pets. He's like, no, no, no. There's no need for us all to go home. Don't waste it. When really, it should be the other way around. The dad should have sent the family home because they're concerned and he could have had a nice little week in Canada to himself because that's yeah. obviously what he wanted. Um, also very similar to the dad from Far From Home. Okay. Or was it Far Away Home? Was oh, the, the one, one the from um, where they got... It's Far the, From Home. Where the kid got marooned on the island? Yeah. Yeah. Far From Home. I think it's Far From Home. Um, <laughs> go, go fix the boat in the storm with your dog. <laughs> I'll stay inside. Um, so they all fly home. Uh, it takes an incredible long time. 
for them to fly back from Canada to San Francisco, apparently. <laughs> Meanwhile, the dogs and the cat have ventured from San Fran Airport, airport all the way back to their house nice. in the San Franciscan hills, you know, while having some trials along the way. Um, it did make me cry oh, okay. uh, twice. Nice. Once they talk about Sinbad and why he hates humans because, and I even remember this scene from a kid. I didn't watch this movie a lot as a child, but enough apparently. There's a scene where they do a little flashback to Sinbad's life, and it's his pompous little shithead running down the stairs, and his parents have got a little puppy for him in a basket, and he just shakes his head at it, and the dad picks it up. He's like, "It, it's a chocolate Labrador. It's the cutest puppy that." existed in the 90s and the kids like me don't want it <laughs> so they put him in a box out in the rain Aww. and i shed a little tear and then later in the film um towards the end when the family's getting home they're almost there and this big truck in front of them just stops dead because chance is standing in the road looking back at san francisco dreaming about his girlfriend carly Guccini. fair enough <laughs> um and the truck stops and they think that he's been hit by this truck and they think he's dead. Right. And it was quite emotional. I am not ashamed no, just, to admit that, no, that it got me. Thinking about my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Or Michael Jackson. Um, but then <laughs> he didn't die. Um, and then his girlfriend rocks up and they keep her. And it really frustrated me that she had a name. Her name was Delilah. She was a Marema. She was a very cute little dog. But what did the family call her? Chance to. Because they're going to call her a different name. <laughs> Mrs. Chance. But I, I just... Would they just change it when they start hearing them call her? I don't know. Why doesn't, that bothered uh, me. Why doesn't Delilah just tell her... Oh. <laughs> just spell it out in the ground. Well, <laughs> they're pretty smart dogs. My name, Delilah. Because <laughs> uh, they would sell her ah, to science. You. <laughs> <laughs> also... Uh, interesting trivia. It is not the same chance from the first film, Aww. but um, he was the one in Little Rascals. Oh, okay. Is he some yeah. chance? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Well, I, I did check. not watch that. But I did watch, I did watch The Race of the Sun, and I watched it for the specific reason that our hometown of Adelaide gets some uh, screen time. Oh, racist son. I thought you said the racist son. Yeah, the racist son, yeah. I watched the racist son. <laughs> Probably not far off. The racist son of chance. Um, no, I, um, I, yeah, racist son was a, uh, is, a, is, was, is a movie um, that it's all about solar, <laughs> solar go-kart racing. Um, oh, cool. It's based on a true story of this um, uh, team of... Um, high school students from Hawaii who are taught by Halle Berry, um, her, nice. her second movie for this month, if you're keeping track. Yeah. With, and Jim Belushi is a teacher there too. And uh, they... Third and also... And Casey Affleck's there too. Um, <laughs> he's the main, the main star of this. I thought you'd love that. Um, mm. And uh, so they make this car... Uh, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of uh, referred to as like the the losers of the school, like they're, they're, they're ones that sort of getting into trouble a lot. Um, so they, they, for their science project, they make this, um, this solar racer and they win and they actually beat out. Um, so 
it's weird. Like we try we, the entire time, me and Mal and my son were trying to work out which parts were Australia and which parts were Hawaii and which parts were like other, like you know, Adelaide, and because everything kind of looks like Australia. <laughs> I think they they shot the, the bulk of it here. Um, well, that's nice, I guess. And even to the the high school bully is played by a Mister for his, for the first time, Joel Edgerton. Who doesn't look yeah. very doesn't look very different to what he is now actually, but he put he puts on his like fake American accent. I'm like, man, <laughs> you would have thought over the years that would have got better, but it's pretty much still the same. <laughs> um, we also have Elijah Dushku in there. Um, Steve Zahn plays a European, like kind of like the uh, the uh, Iceland team in Cool Runnings <laughs> types of situation. Okay. Um, I don't know why they just didn't get someone that's European, but they put some. He puts on a pretty decent accent. Um, so they win a a chance to race in Australia, and like they're racing against like full blown adult teams and like teams have got lots of money, sort of thing. But they're kind of like a ragtag, ragtag, rough, rough and ready sort of team. They start in Alice Springs, and they go all the way through to Adelaide. Um, so they go through all the centre of Australia. Um, and did you recognise any landmarks? Yeah, you're like oh. Oh. That is Australia. Well, they they go through Uluru and like they go through Alice Springs. They stay in Alice Springs. Bill Hunter's in it because it's Australian. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, we've got now the one rough patch of this entire thing Only is one. that it's it's on. It's, it's, apparently in Australia, this is national news, and there's just like people just round round the clock news coverage of this. The reporter they chose to do that was one Robert Hughes. Which if I don't, if you don't know who that is, that is the dad from Hey Dad, who oh. quite a few a few years ago was found out to be not a nice man at all, um, and he's in this uh, film quite a lot, and every time he comes on the screen, you're just like, Ugh. <laughs> and then like, that's a shame. <laughs> and then also I have to explain to my son who Robert Hughes was and what he did, and I'm like. Because me and my me and my wife are like, oh, it's really huge. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, when they get to the last part of it, like you can definitely tell it's the Adelaide Hills, um, and there's a lot, like a lot of decent sort of shots of Adelaide and stuff like. That. So yeah, it's it's it's. Does that mean Eliza Dushku has been to Adelaide? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Eliza Dushku was here. There's even some yeah, definitely Port Adelaide. You can see a lot of Port Adelaide in there. Um, but it was oh, like my my. My son watched it with me and like it was, it's very much like the film that you would get for a kid on a Friday or Saturday night from the video store in the 90s. Like it's just that, you know, it's not, it's not anything fantastic, but it's like, it keeps you interested. It's like uplifting and it makes you think you can do anything. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I really liked it. So I was expecting like way worse, but yeah, it's a, it's actually like not a bad film at, at, at all. So Check out Race the Sun. It's, uh, I think I, I do. I want have, to. Yeah. I think we also need to put up a photo of Casey Affleck in this film because, <laughs> wow. What a 90s kid looks like in the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is like the prototype 90s kid. Oh, my um, God. I wonder how many people tried to get him in a boy band after that. Yeah. He's got this, like, necklace around. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. He's like, he's like the prototype surfer boy. And then I also watched Flirting with a Disaster, which... Uh, Prove that Ben Stiller is not a leading man. <laughs> yeah. Um, not because he's small. No, because he's got no personality. And That's what I was going to say. He really yeah. doesn't, does he? No, no, he's not. He's like a... he's. 
I don't know. There's something about him that just doesn't doesn't sit with me. Um, and then so, um, yeah, that one's it's all about how he doesn't know who his birth parents are. So he goes on a he, like he's he's working with Taylor Leone. She works for like a organization that finds people's parents, but then he ends up ends up having an affair with her, even though he's with he's had a new baby with Patricia Arquette. And there's a really weird. There's two really weird scenes. One is a weird scene at the start where Patricia Arquette tries to give him a blowjob while he's holding their baby, and I'm like, no, don't do that ever. <laughs> and the other one is where they run into um, Josh Brolin, is uh, is in it, and he plays um, one half of a uh, gay couple. The other person, the other one's mate. Um, the the dad in um, Step Brothers. What's his oh name? yeah. Yeah, so Richard Jenkins, um, but he, uh, the, um, Patricia Arquette and um, Josh Brolin know each other from high school, and he starts to flirt with her. And there's one point where <laughs> he says that the armpit is his favorite part of the human body, and then someone walks in and he's licking Patricia Arquette's armpits. <laughs> uh. And it's, it's like you know whatever if that's what, if that's what your thing is uh. that's fine, but it was just it's very like it's it's very abrasive. <laughs> It's just like, oh, okay, Josh Brolin's doing that. Okay. This is uh, a weird movie. Yeah. Alan Alder's in it. Aw. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a weird one. Like it's it's not it's it's done by um uh David O. Russell, um, who like would go on to make like American Hustle and Joy and um Three Kings and stuff like that. And like apparently a very, very hard person to work with. So take with that what you want. Let's talk about I think Something that we both watched, which is uh, The Birdcage. What a film. Oh, my God. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I I was saying to you last night, uh, I think we had similar upbrings. Yes. Um, in a sense. Not that family wasn't against these sorts of things. We weren't mean to it. But I remember a feeling in my household watching this being like, what is this? Yeah. Not We weren't quite the Gene Hackman family. But we were more aligned with that than the um, Nathan Lane. Oh, I don't think I even watched this until family. like in the two thousands, where I could probably watch it freely in my room. Like, there's no, there's no way our family sat down and watched this, because um, my parents were quite conservative and just like, yeah. I think my family rented it because Robin Williams, he's hilarious. <laughs> this would be great. And then, oh, okay. I don't understand these jokes. Why are they all so flamboyant? I would have liked to see my dad like see uh, Gene Hackman in drag at the end of the film and just like every every other role of his just gets destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you've never seen it, it's about a um, a, a gay couple in um, Florida who own a uh, drag nightclub and their son uh, is going to get married very early. <laughs> they're like, yeah, like they're 20 or something like that. Is she 17 or 18? I'm pretty uh, sure, because like there's like there's, I thought she was a baby. I don't know. I think she was like yeah, she's like pretty pretty newly eighteen, um, and but she's also the daughter of a senator who's um quite uh, conservative, and they want to meet the parents. So like they um set up a a dinner where uh, Robin Williams, who plays one one of the, the the gay dads, has to pretend to be straight, and um, they whoa, end whoa, up whoa. what pause a second. I was upset that the son, who's supposed to be 20, is actually, like, I think, 28. Yeah. Clearly, he's older than 20. Callista Flockhart is 30 years old. In this film? Yeah. Wow. 
She does not look it. <laughs> no, I I actually believe that she was seventeen or eighteen. So oh yeah, they, they they decide they they try and get um, Robin Williams's ex-wife or the mother of his child to to do it, but she gets stuck in traffic. So Nathan Lane, who steals his entire movie, has to dress up in drag and pretend to be uh, the mum. And... He doesn't have to. He takes it upon himself to do it <laughs> well, because well, he's his... a showman. And their son is just the biggest piece of shit in the world. I I I, I I've read a lot of stuff online too about him. Like his character is. Um, arguably the worst character in the movie because he's expecting his his dads to like bend to every whim of his to like make sure that to to, to make him look quote unquote normal. And even by the and end, you're there's 20, no real you've redemption. Grown up in this, there's no, no real redemption to him. Like he's, he he never sort of goes like, oh okay, like I accept I, I accept who they are and who they am sort of thing. And like it's it actually takes. Um, Christopher Lockhart is the one that really sort of steps up and says, like, no, I want to be part of their family too. Well, he does. There's many chances and moments where he could say, you know what, you're right. This is our family and I should be proud. And he doesn't. Yeah. He finally does do it when he gets busted and there's basically nowhere to turn. Yeah. When his birth mother rocks up and he's like, okay, Nathan Lane is my mum. Yeah. This and now, and now I'm proud of him because I've run out of ideas. <laughs> Basically. It felt um, very forced. Every time that Nathan Lang went, ah! <laughs> I completely <laughs> lost it. It's amazing. There's a bit where um, Robin Williams is trying to teach him how to walk straight as a straight man. And it's like they, they, they decide to do it like uh, John Wayne. <laughs> and they do it at this, this cafe. And it's amazing. <laughs> Oh it's, my it's a very over-the-top John Wayne as well. It's so it's ridiculous. So good. Um, and that's also the scene where it's very po- the very popular scene of I pierced the toast. <laughs> uh, another one which I forgot was from this until it happened. Um, Laura's posted it a few times as a meme of when he's like, I'm just a sad, fat, short, mid-40s <laughs> husk or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then Robin Williams goes, I made you short. Because <laughs> yeah, Nathan Lane goes, you've turned me into a short, yeah. fat, middle-aged. Yeah. Oh, man. Robin Williams is so good in this movie. Um, and they do, I do, I do um, forget how they sort of, um, it takes a good 20 minutes for them to reveal what's going on because like the start of the movie all you see is Robin Williams getting basically trying to get Nathan Lane out of, out of their house to do their do the drag show so he can um, have someone over for dinner and Nathan Lane thinks it's like he's he's got a uh, another man coming over and yep. they really really like do not tip their hand until like the very end uh, well until about yeah 20 25 minutes in the movie where you find out it's his son but you think that like Robin Williams is cheating on him um, which there's there's some pros and cons here I have to point out. And as a straight white man, it's maybe not my place. But you worry about the the look of this two straight people in the 90s because you have... Firstly, it's nice that Robin Williams, he didn't play it as a typical what you'd expect yeah. you know, in the 90s a gay man was. Like, he... I don't want to say he played it straight. That's the wrong term. But... <laughs> he didn't... Um, he didn't uh, over the top it. No, um, but then on the flip side, you have Nathan Lane, who is very over the top, then feeding into the stereotype of gay couples, one is masculine, one is not. Yeah. 
Um, but then again, you've only got one gay person in the film. Yeah. And Hank Azaria is one who, again, plays it very flamboyant. He's, it's tough because he's so good. He's so funny. Yeah. His boobs are so enormous. <laughs> and when he has to put shoes on, he can't uh, walk anymore. Agador. <laughs> he's he's great, but then part of you is like... Oh. They make him wear shoes and he can't. <laughs> I don't know where she was because I cannot talk. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> if I can ruin the moment for a minute, though, because uh, this... I don't know if you looked into much of Nathan Lane and his time around this film. No. He was... Out to his friends and family and, you know, a lot of people he worked with, they knew. But in the 90s, it was still possible to be, you know, closeted, but out at the same time. So everyone kind of knew he was gay, but he'd never come out and said, by the way, I'm gay. He was on Oprah around the time of this film. Oh, is this and... with um, uh, Robin Williams? Yeah. Yeah. And as much as everyone thinks that Oprah Williams... Oprah Williams. Oprah Winfrey is amazing. She had three cracks at trying to get him to say that he was gay. Yeah. And she, outright she went, ask him. She went after him. And like, uh, if you look at it, so like, it came out like, I think early this year, um, Nathan Lane came out and said like, oh, look, Robin Williams actually, uh, he diverted the conversation. Um, three times. Three, three times. times he jumped in and saved it. Yeah. And redirected it, which is just the nicest thing in the world. And he shouldn't have had to do it. But what, like, a great friend and castmate to see and understand yep. the situation he was in and divert it away and Oprah not acknowledging that and just keep going back at it. Do you think it was, like, a, a network thing of, like, oh, hey, get him to say it, get him to say it sort of thing? or Had like, to be. Yeah. Because it would have been known, you know, amongst the business that, oh, well, he is, but if we get him to say it on air... Um, and then he said he eventually came out and said it, and then he got all this hate because people were like, oh yeah, we know, like, who cares? Why are you making a thing of it? Yeah, because it's like, you know, well, you took away his, like, it's his news to share. To share. It's like, ugh. yeah. Um, he also very proudly tried to stand up for, they used the word fag in the film a couple of times. Yeah. And I know in gay communities, like, if a gay person says it, that's, that's their choice to use the term. Yeah. But there's, straight people in the movie saying it. And then there's a line where he has to say it. Um, and he went to this, the screenwriters and said, um, as the only gay person in this scene, like on set, like I feel uncomfortable using it. Do I have to do it? And they said, basically just take one for the team. Oh, Jesus. And just, just do the one. It's like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's like that whole thing of like not thinking it's a big deal when you've got no idea like what that deal is and it's just yeah i don't like there yeah i, I get like when a, especially a film of this this type in in the 90s which like it was like the it was good that there was finally representation like i think it sort of started with that priscilla and um two wong film yeah. and stuff like that but it's like it's good that it sort of kept going but like this was one of those big landmark films like even you know getting to get gene hackman to to do drag at the end i mean would have been a pretty, pretty big ask of him, I suppose. But like, yeah, yeah it's um, it's lamb up. There's, there would have been no no end of um, detractors. I'm, ho as well. I'm hoping there would have been a lot of positives, and this would have been great for his life and his career. But I, he has spoken publicly about 
you know the dark side to it and yeah the negative effects but um having said that it's a great film i'm glad it happened yes um and also uh speaking of dumb and dumber people earlier mike star yeah, <laughs> yeah why, <laughs> why is why does he just sneak into this film what's that about He's just on the sets. He's just he's just, he's just going from movie to movie. Yeah. Um, much like William H Macy, who uh, we have to talk about the the other the other side of the battle for top movie of mine this month is Fargo, because Fargo is amazing. I love it. Um, it's not a yearly watch, but it's it's a it's it's a fairly regular watch. Um, have Have you watched this one in a, in a while? Um. So we did watch it. Oh, yeah. uh, Laura and I had a debate about when we last watched it because I'm quite sure that we watched it together uh, not too long ago and she disagrees. Um, <laughs> I'm standing strong that we have watched it recently because it all was quite familiar. Um, and it is, it's nice having seen some of the TV show, which yeah. is obviously a lot more in-depth and you know detailed and goes for a lot longer. It made me appreciate this more because it just it ticks along really well. It's a very short film, in a way. Yeah, like it's 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 ninety minutes, but it's like it's got a lot in there. But like, yeah, when you see like a show fleshed out of that that goes for like four seasons and stuff, it's like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, like they just they get straight to it, um, and it's just it just the movie just gets going, and I I appreciate it and I enjoyed that quite a lot. Yeah, no, nah, it's it's great. Um, if you've never seen it, it's like it's William H Macy basically playing these two hitmen to to kidnap his wife but they um it all sort of falls apart it's, it's basically like a uh well, this movie would be copied a lot in the next few years they'll be like this is the new fargo this is the new fargo like it's all about these sort yeah. of like strange little towns in america where like hit men and 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 you know otherwise Weird things like, happened yeah but and but like you know the, otherwise the community is like quite sort of like uh sort of quirky and 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 nice and stuff like that so yeah, and the amazing detective work of Francis um, McDormand. Yeah, <laughs> I think is just like this small town little chief. He's just not going to be that smart. But there's a scene where her and so William H Macy are having a discussion in the car dealership, and she starts getting like not even she doesn't even really sort of get feisty with him. She just um she just like basically proves that he's being a bit of a dick and sort of uh, not answering her questions. And he, he starts to get more and more frustrated with her. And it's just, it's great. Um, that kid also, the kid, in, the kid in Fargo, imagine the life after that. <laughs> like your mum's been kidnapped and then found out to be murdered. Your grandfather gets murdered and your, your dad is then convicted. <laughs> that kid is. Yeah. Where's the sequel for him? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder one day where we'll see like the sequel to Fargo with that kid. Um, we will it... never see again um, so much Buscemi in a skivvy, though. Oh, there's some cozy outfits in that movie. Um, let's also... Let's, I, because I made such a big deal of it on uh, over message to you just before we go into TV, Executive Decision was such a good movie. Oh, of course. <laughs> because I don't, like, I don't think I've ever seen this the whole way through. Like, I was... I was dialed in, man. Like, I... I was nearly late to something because I was watching the end of this movie. Like I was like, this is this is this is my jam. It's probably one of my little action thing at the moment. I'm just like, let's just watch as much cheesy action movie I can get. It it's better than I expected it to be. I I watched this as a kid 
and the most that I remember, a lot of those like plain hijack films all kind of blend together. The biggest thing you remember is Steven Seagal, one of the biggest action films of the nineties, is killed very early on. Yeah, like about Which, like a third of the way through. Uh, yeah, he's like thirty to forty minutes in, he gets blown out into the sky, but. I remember as a kid, it felt like it was the first 10 minutes and he was gone because he has like five lines before they kill him. Yeah, and at so that he's, moment... He's not even a big role. Even then, because like, you, you, like watching this film, like I was like, which felt like it was like for the first time, you've got Kurt Russell there, you've got Steve Scarl, and at that time, you're like, oh, that's, that's two big stars. Like, you know, are they going to sort of... Is it going to be like a Tango and Cash thing? Like they're going to share the share the yeah. spotlight sort of thing? It's like, no, no, Steve Scarl's just going to get killed. <laughs> And then um, anything can happen from there. Yeah, yeah. At one point, you think Miles Dyson dies from a concussion. <laughs> we've got so many. We've got Halle Berry again. We've got John Ligazamu in this, who apparently um, got into a, a fist fight with um, Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal thrown nice. up against a wall. Um, and also oh, uh, nearly got into a fight with Kurt Russell for his constant ad-libbing. Um, apparently the line that really uh, ticked Kurt Russell off was, you know, when they're above the um, passengers on the plane and he takes his mm. shoes off. John Luke Zama says something about the smell. It's yeah. like, oh, I hope they, hope they don't they smell it. And then like, apparently like Kurt Russell went off at him <laughs> about that. Oh, because it wasn't scripted. No, it was, it was, it was, it was him doing like a, a random... Oh, and they kept joke. it in. They kept it in too. <laughs> Um, if Sucked you've never in. seen it, like and like you know, it's on Netflix uh, in, in Australia. Um, it's a movie about a. Uh, it's a lot of stuff going on. It's about a hockey fan. Um, <laughs> it's about it's cruising it's a, around in a tux. Yeah, he he's a he's a he's an analyst for the um for for the government who um, specialises in terrorists. And there's, did you catch his opening line though? What about he's he's at this party. He's at this swanky party in his tux. And he grabs some champagne from these men he's talking to and walks over to this random lady and goes, Hi, I'm Kurt Russell from Miracle. Do you like do you like hockey? I've got tickets to a game. And then he gets And then some man comes he up. He gets cock blocked like, by a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, so he, uh there's the terrorist um there's like a, a an attack in London, um and there's this major terrorist who's played by the uh one arm uh Killer in not, the fugitive, not Ben Kingsley. No, he's played played by um no no the guy the other guy the um the the actual terrorist leader they're they're trying to get free. He's uh, played yeah. by the um the one um uh yeah well, guy was... from from fugitive. Budget John Turturro. Yeah, and then um. <laughs> Budget John Turturro. And then the other guy <laughs> um, is not Ben Kingsley. Um no, he's David Suchet who played Perot in like all the. That's uh, right. Yeah, he played played um Inspector um, Perot. I didn't. In- I didn't recognize him without that little mustache. Um, we've got Biddy Wong in this. Um, he was in yeah, something we like this. We got uh, Oliver Platt. Oliver Platt just makes every film better. Doing it for the big guys of America. <laughs> him, him and John Goodman. Like, He's the can't... greatest. Um, lots of fat jokes, though. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> it's like oh, we've noticed that a bit. Like um, me and Mal have been watching. A few things, especially from the nineties around this time, is like there's like a lot of fat jokes, and these aren't fat people. No, they're just people that don't have toned athletic bodies. Yeah, yeah. It's, Oliver it's... Platt is not 
an obesely disgusting overweight man. But this Sorry, is not the time disgusting. he's not a he's not a heavy, heavy set man. But this is the time of like the health revolution and people going on crash diets and stuff like that. So like it's this start of this fat shaming um uh there's heaps in um Race of Sun actually. There's like one um Hawaiian dude who's quite big. But he's like he's solid sort of thing. Um yeah. but he gets killed like fat ass like the entire movie and it's just like Jesus Christ, it's a kid's movie. Um Yeah. But uh, yeah, so then the, um, David, David, <laughs> Inspector Perot <laughs> takes over, <laughs> takes over a plane. Did you notice? Did you watch this on Netflix? Uh, yes. Did you notice that when they were talking about Allah and infidels, they changed the, um, they changed the audio on it? No. So they talk. There's a there's a moment where he's talking to one of the other terrorists, and he's saying like, "We're doing this for Allah," and they actually take that out and enter the name of the um i think it's um java the yeah yeah that's so, the guy they're trying to free but they didn't change the subtitles so the subtitles oh. still say Allah, and when they say infidels they say enemies um and they've they've changed the audio on it but they have not and if you look at the screen like he's saying those words but they've changed the audio but not the subtitles so oh, i didn't even notice yeah yeah i was like a couple of times i was like huh the subtitles don't mix, match up with the audio what's going on here and then did yeah, they also like, change um to just Middle East. They say the Middle East a lot. Yeah. You'll be here think, when you go back to the Middle East. Yeah, because they, um, when you actually look at the... They, they say specific countries sometimes, like Algeria and stuff like that, but like, yeah, I reckon they just say Middle East. They don't be very specific. So, yeah, like a lot of stuff going on, I suppose, being done in the last um, few years to be a bit more culturally sensitive because this film basically makes you hate Middle Eastern terrorists and think that they're going to like blow up everything. It's It's not a culturally sensitive film at all it also shows them to be not very smart when there's i know they're small cameras but they drill a hole in the ceiling and in the floor and they pop out this little worm with a camera on the end <laughs> yeah they do it a few times you would see that and it's Come like on. oh man there's one like, like the guy he goes the drills drills right up next to this guy's foot and then pokes the camera out i'm like that would be if you step back you would notice that that sensation on your foot it's it's actually yeah yeah or like the the roof of the plane is white and there's this little black worm poking out moving around yeah your peripherals you'd pick up on that surely um we also have uh the actual name of the film use <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man i'm gonna start taking a uh uh a, a tally of this because he's like call the president it's now an executive decision oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm also uh, I'm so pretty bad. sure that um, towards the end of the movie, when the fighter's going to blow up the, um, the 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 two jets are about to blow up the um, airliner, I'm pretty sure mm. they've called the um, they've called the operation slap fight. <laughs> yeah, it was slap something. I didn't hear what it was. <laughs> it's like operation slap fight. <laughs> oh man, I've I've had I've been watching so many of these movies with these like stupid co names and like it's just. Ugh. Like you know what else is stupid when uh just to jump to the end, yeah. Kurt Russell goes up and saves a day. Well actually no, John Leguizamo saves a gate the day by killing the bad guy yeah. and then just laying there and Kurt Russell just runs past him. <laughs> um there's is there three other um, there's Beatty Wong There's, there's another the white guy. Yeah there's, there's at least two other army guys alive. Yeah. Where are they when Kurt Russell's trying to land the plane? Oh they're just hanging out, there's getting some drinks. Um, yeah. there's, a bit, there's a bit at the end where they try to boat, load Miles Dyson onto an um, ambulance, but then they see 
Kurt Russell in the distance. And he's like, wait. And they actually suspend. <laughs> they're, they're putting like Miles Dyson on a stretcher into the back of the truck. And then they stop. And he's like, <laughs> they just all freeze. Put their th- They all salute Kurt Russell. And I'm like, you're about to lose Miles Dyson. <laughs> if you don't get on that truck. <laughs> Some good stuff. Um, and then as the film began, so it ends when Kurt Russell says to Halle Berry, do you like ice hockey? <laughs> That was in the movie Miracle. I got two tickets. And um, she's like, no, I like baseball. <laughs> I kind of wanted him to um, kick her out of the car. <laughs> Before we leave, yeah, I watched Girl 6. You watched Girl 6? And it was quite good. I was going to mention before when you're saying that Ben Stiller cannot be a leading man, Teresa Randall is an amazing leading woman. She carries this entire film on her shoulders, even though you have uh, Tarantino in what I really hope is just being an over-the-top ironic role. John Turturro, Madonna, Naomi Campbell, Halle Berry is in the film as herself. Um, Spike Lee, Isaiah Washington, Peter Berg is in this. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Debbie Mazar, They got Kristen every Wilson. bit part 90s actor to do something. I did get very excited to tell you one of them, and I realised he's NYPD and not Law and Order. But Richard Belzar. Oh yeah, Richard Belzar. <laughs> no, he's Michael in um, Imperolo. No, he's in Law and Order. He's in an SVU. Yeah. Ah, same, same. Um, it's not the Michael Imperioli. Oh, nice. Yeah, is, is plays a real, real creep. Um, he's got that. It's all about Teresa Randall trying to get a job as an actress, um, not wanting to take her top off. And then she ends up working at a phone sex company and she's really good at it. But then every now and then she has these flashbacks of a girl that falls down an elevator. Don't know. Don't know what that means. Um, And her neighbor Spike Lee is like, stop phone burning. Okay. I remember um, the front cover to this quite vividly um, because it was like, it's it's her with like the phone cord sort of like, um, I think it's in between her lips or something like that. And it's like, it was, it was really it was it was real hard to find. Um, I remember it was just like we used to have it on VHS, but then um, when I when it came up for this one, I was like, it was really hard to find a place that was like streaming it or even yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's not hard. around a lot, but it was it was worth getting. I'm glad I watched it. it was It was actually it's actually quite good. Um, a little bit creepy in places here and there. Um, I don't know what the point was, but you know what was the point of executive <laughs> decision? So ah, to save America. Um. <laughs> no, just the just the east coast of America. Uh yeah, it was it was really really good. I really liked it. Well, the box office for this month was The Birdcage was number 1, Up Close and Personal was number 2, Executive Decision was number 3, Down Periscope was number 4, and Homeward Bound 2 was number 5. So that's a that big when they when they talk about sports, um, they talk about doing a redraft like ten years later, yeah. where you know if you could pick players in the order that they actually turn out to <laughs> yeah. be. The dads that went to see the birdcage instead uh, of executive decision yeah. because they thought Robin Williams <laughs> no. in a nightclub. No, oh, the, yeah. dads, the dads got to watch um, executive. Deci- I mean, um, they got to watch the birdcage. Then their wives left, and then they went and watched executive decision to make up for the. Okay. Yeah. I'll go watch that movie if I can watch Kurt Russell afterwards. Yeah. But yeah, um, have it, re- redo that when people actually knew what they were getting into. Which, for me, I still think it would probably be around that sort of order. Birdcage yeah. would still be top. But, you know, 
you know, 90s dads. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get on to TV. So TV, um, we had... <laughs> I was looking these up um, last night and this morning. Just have like a little look at them before uh, before it came in. There's there's one called Pacific Blue, which was basically just like a Mario Lopez on the beach <laughs> types of situation. Nice. Um, that wasn't yeah you know, you know everyone wants like Mario Lopez on the beach. Um, we then had um, <laughs> this is <laughs> it's amazing. Um, it's a movie. It's a, it's a sorry TV show called The Sentinel, and I just like the little. Uh, uh, Having spent years conducting missions in a jungle, ex-Special Forces leader Jim Ellison can do things most people can't. He has hyperactive senses, the hearing of a dog, the night vision of a cat, <laughs> <laughs> among other things. So basically, yeah. if you look at the, the, the starting the start of this um the starting credits, it just says the words over over the top of like uh just very serious dramatic music and him um so it says like sight and then it says it shows him like seeing something from very far away and then it's got smell <laughs> goes through all the senses <laughs> um i can't find full episodes all i can find is the um is the 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 intro which is which is enough frankly so i'll be putting that up on the instagram but yeah it's like it's this guy's like got really good um five senses <laughs> it's amazing sounds like a great show the one thing you can't do is love one called High Incident, which looked pretty cool, is actually executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Um, it was when he was trying to sort of get his uh, get his fingers into the television pies as well. I went for, oh. ran for two seasons. It's kind of like just like a your, your general. Um, it's basically like uh, special responses to, to to situations. So like it's spread across like law enforcement, fire, medical sort of thing. Yeah, this looks fun. Aliens in the family. Um, I didn't get to watch, but like, just what the hell is that? Did you see the picture? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I remembered it briefly, and then I saw the aliens and thought, no, <laughs> the aliens no, look like something not. from Fraggle Rock. It's like a sitcom. Um, but it's like it's it's like someone heard about Third Rock from the Sun. And they're like, we'll do that too. <laughs> and then they also just did a um version of it. What's the Admiral Akbar. Yeah, it's got a bit of a Akbar, Akbar yeah. to it. Um, Did you like... look through the cast of this? Uh, I didn't. Yeah. No, because you have to go quite far. Because the the top cast only went for eight episodes. Um, Christopher Marquette is in eight of them. He's one of the... I think he's the one that's sick in Fanboys. Oh, yeah, he is too, yeah. But this is ridiculous. Um, they're only in there for one episode. Hayden Panettiere was in one. James Vanderbeek was in an episode. Nice. But wait, but wait. Alison Janey. Oh. And Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, Harvey Dent. What the hell? This is the weirdest show I've ever seen or Anyone heard of. interviewing any of those people from now on, their first questions would be like, tell me about your time on Aliens and the Family. <laughs> it, that's like... Matt Gawley wanted to ask Paul Rudd about Halloween 6. <laughs> yes. We have to find out. We have to. Especially Aaron Eckhart. I just watched him last night. I watched him be president. Yeah, <laughs> I watched I him just... be president in Olympus Olympus has fallen. And like, 
I can't. If I'm glad, I know this, I know this now because I wouldn't be able to take them seriously. It's like if um, um they pushed uh, it's kind of like kind of a dinosaurs sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know the guy that created this? Uh, Andy. He created Bell- Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Ah, oh. Aliens was what this How is. Does that work? Could, you know what? You could probably thank the X Files for this. Because... I don't think you'd thank anyone for this. No, because but like the whole alien things, like it's like especially in the nineties, you can really see it's like. Oh, we're all about aliens now. So, like, you know, we got to do this, got to do that, got to do that. It's like, it's really, there is really sort of flavor of the month was just in over overdrive. Um, yeah, I guess. So, um, also oh, Nash Bridges. All right. Oh, yeah, Pleasantville's good. I can't wait for that. Um, Nash Bridges, which is a show that I used to watch when <laughs> I got There's home from else work. To do. Well, it was like, I've watched Letterman. <laughs> Now Nash Bridges is on, and nothing else is on. So I guess I watched Nash Bridges, which is Don Johnson and Cheech Marin. Um, it's exactly as you think it would be. Um, Don Johnson, I've got a special place. I don't know. He's just he. He's just he's a dumb, lovable dude who does action stuff. I'm like, yeah, good on you. Um, he kind of has his Miami Vice wardrobe in this, even though it's mid '90s as well. So, so it's kind of cool. Um, and E! True Hollywood Story started for the first time. Um, oh, yeah. Hollywood gossip. Yeah, which is what we all wanted to know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, this, is this probably where it all began, really? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was, it was probably like, this is, the way, this is when it became okay for the mainstream to be all about it. It's like, E! was basically, let's either throw shit at celebrities or celebrate them. Yeah, and, 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 it, could, and it, it could was change from week. But... It could change from week to week too. <laughs> yeah, you know, just imagine like the whole Jonah Hill thing back in the nineties. He's great. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not too dissimilar to what's happening. Yeah. Um, on SNL, we had John Goodman and was a host, and Everclear was the musical guest, and we also had Phil Hartman with the Gin Blossoms. Uh, what a lineup! The... Oh man. Can't I'm, I'm gonna try and find some clips, if, if, even if it's just um, Phil Hartman saying the Jim Blossoms. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we go on to music, though, we have the uh, everyone's favorite part of the show, where um, my esteemed colleague Ben. I'd love to know who everyone is. Uh, we're big Conan O'Brien <laughs> fans. He says he 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 goes through all the guests were on Conan O'Brien. He used to do it to the uh, stylings of "We Didn't Start the Fire" by our Lord and Savior William Joel. But we changed it this season to River of Dreams to varying degrees of success. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, we didn't guess the name uh, was just too much of a tongue twister. So the River of Guests made yeah. more sense. Yep. Yep. Um, I've got the a tune feeling is that... not. But, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, I've got a feeling we should go back to Williams Guests <laughs> next season. But we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll persevere. We'll see if uh, Billy Joel has any more hits after River of Dreams. Oh, 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 oh. He doesn't. <laughs> Think you're a beat shot? That's a Billy Joel song. <laughs> you may be right. It's a Billy Joel song. <laughs> um, I'll do it to Down Easter Alexa because that song's amazing. Let's do this. Do this. Uh, so I'm going to start my timer, uh, which has been getting quite close these times. I think one of them you actually. Didn't, yeah. Well, to be fair, I'm now doing musical guests, and I did not used to do musical guests. So, okay. five. Oh, so this song is slower. Oh, okay. Four, <laughs> three, 
two, one, go. Kelsey Graham with Joe Hennessy. Speech of Hannah Storm, Holly Waterall. The customers, Yasmin Bleeth. Owen Wilson, Joey Slotnick. Alan Clegg on Tony V. Lennox Lewis, Chris Rock. Eric Schaefer, Howard Jones. Jim Meadows, Patsy Kansas. Monta Blue, Monta Wounds, Ron Sheridan, Jonathan, John Goodman. Gloria Rubin, Afghan Wig, Sandra Brown, and Mark Moran. Teddy Johnson. Ben Steeler, John Collins. Beverly and George Carlin. John Cry, Robert Schmiel. Noah McDonald, Richard e. Grant. Gold Dust, Lonnie Anderson. Thomas Hayden Church, Anthrax. I'm in search of a something. I apologize. <laughs> What's up? That was, that was a short month. That is it. Suck seconds. it. Oh, Suck it forever. I've, I've almost got the, the little chorusy bit down, I think. It's, You're uh, getting there. Yeah. yeah. And we're only I, at March. Because I, I, oh, right. I, I found like the big, the, the big pull of um, We Inside the Fires because you had to do them really quickly and now we've got a little quick, quick bit and it's good. Yeah. All right. So let's go on to music. And in Australia, in March 1996, we're still about Shuggy. Um, wow. Bombastic. And then Joan Osborne with one of us again. Classic. Um, they had a bit of a back and forth. Like, they, <laughs> like Bombastic, one of us. Bombastic, one of us. Um, then Just in, waiting for something else to come along. Then uh, still, for um, the start of March was... Mariah Carey voice men with one sweet day, but then got knocked off by Celine Dion's because you love me. Um, which would go on to be one of her biggest singles of all time. I don't remember that one. Oh, then I'll play it for you, sir. And you okay. thank me. Ah, oh. remember that? Yeah, I do. This is from uh, Up Close and Personal. Is it? Okay, cool. (laughs) Not that I watched it, but I believe it is. Um, Let's go through uh, the releases. We have the Cocteau Twins. I really hope that I said that right. Um, Cat Power, Girls Against Boys, Weird Al Yankovic, The Afghan Wigs, Celine Dion, Seven Year Bitch, Sting, Karate, Bare Naked Ladies, um, Tracy Bonham, Los Lobos, Songs in the Key of X, Ghetto Boys, Sleater Kinney, Neutral Milk Hotel, Super Drag, Stendable Pilots, The Verve Pipe, Nickelback, Lush, Guided by Voices, Down by Law, and Pollyanna. So, take that. <laughs> a, fair, a fair bit going on. There's a fair bit going on, yeah. A fair bit that sounds the same. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I don't need to admit because it's a, a common theme, but I didn't listen to all of them. Uh, I can't even say that I listened to half. I want to just I want to want to start it all off with there's a there's a song in here by the Verve Pipe called Freshman. Um, I want to know if you listen to this. Uh, you I'll, mentioned I'll the lyrics, little, yeah. I'll play a little bit of this. Okay, so it's one of the biggest hits. You sound like Eddie Vedder. We can we can do something with that. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna recite for you the first verse of the Freshman by the Verve Pipe. Yes. When I was young, I knew everything, and she, a punk who rarely ever took advice, now I'm guilt stricken, sobbing with my head on the floor, stopping baby's breath and a shoe full of rice. Now, okay. What's that mean? 
What's a shoe full of rice? Oh, is this is this their brick? Well, I don't know. This sounds like a brick. Yeah, but brick by um Ben Fells Five, which is a song about getting an abortion. Um, I don't know what that means. A shoe full of rice. I have no idea what that means, but the second verse, for the life of me, I cannot remember what made us think that we are wise and would never compromise. For the life of me, I cannot believe would ever die for these sins. We were merely freshmen. I think this is a brick. I think it might which, be, but I don't. Which get the has shoeful. taken the song to a whole new level now. Yeah, but I don't get the shoe full of rice. <laughs> you can have you can have a song about suicide and abortion. And then I, and I, it sucks to have to go through that. But what does a shoe full of rice mean? You know, it could be something as simple as he was trying to make dinner for them in <laughs> not a very good state and the rice <laughs> fell off the counter and someone in his shoe. Baby, I got that another line for us. <laughs> I, I can't picture what else that he, he could be doing. Uh, you, okay, oh, no, some, people, some people say a shoe full of rice is the result of a wedding. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you shouldn't. Sh- you shouldn't throw rice at a wedding. So you know. no, you shouldn't. But back in the nineties, do whatever you want. Yeah. Throw heroin at a wedding. I don't know. Um, yeah, probably. So that's great song a- though. Mm. Um, oh, I was gonna cat power. I didn't mind that. Um, Girls against very boys. lo-fi. Yeah. Um, Girls against boys was quite good. Though. I knew them from the Clerks soundtrack. I'm not a Weird Al fan. I just. I don't. I don't. I can't. I'm just not a big musical comedy type sort of thing. Like mm. I, I, I like a, I like a catchy tune and a parody, but I didn't even look at what was on this. The alternative polka is pretty funny, just because it's like you know, a bit name checks a lot of stuff that like we're into. So maybe give that one a go. But um, I should actually say though, this was the uh, Amish Paradise album, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Is this, yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Doesn't it make you more upset because you like Gangsters Paradise so much. I do, but you know, it's still, it's a version of Gangsters Paradise. So. <laughs> Just as long as you hear those those strings coming in, you're fine. Sting brought out something else. <laughs> yeah, I think there's uh, no fields of gold here, so move along. Now, I, you know, everyone knows, yeah, my love yep. for Ben Eckerd ladies. <laughs> um, look, this Just is not the, the best album, but this the, this there's a song called uh, "Straw Hat" and "Old Old Dirty Hank." It's really good. <laughs> I tried to give them a quick little listen and yeah. Um, it's a song about um, I believe uh, is it Anne Murphy or Anne, one of this Canadian songwriter who had a guy who was obsessed with her and would send her like bullets in the mail and stuff. Anne Murray, oh. Anne Murray, I'm pretty sure. Um. And yeah, it's a song about that, and it's really, it's a really good song. Uh, they also the the front cover is quite. It's um the the album's called Born on a Pirate Ship, and there's a kid like with his fingers in his mouth because of that old thing he used to do as a kid. If you pull your cheeks Did apart, you? do you know? Oh, you know oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I was born on a pirate ship, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, it's it's not their best. This is, I think, the next one they do would be the. One week, um, but this is uh, still their more folkier types of stuff. So it's got some really good stuff in there. Um, this is where it ends. It's awesome. When I fail, is awesome. 
Um, so give it a go. It is actually pretty decent. I really love this song by Tracy Bonham. The, the entire album's actually not too bad, but this song, um, oh, fucking, yeah, it brought me back. Oh, yeah. It's it's a nice building song, but this bit here is amazing. So good. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> that one's called Mother Mother by Tracy Bonham. Um, I just forgot about that song. Yeah, and the rest of the album like um, is a bit more heavy sort of thing. Like it's 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 I've, I've listened to that one a couple of times. Really, really decent. But that Mother Mother song's like this. This I have to say, like album was hard to choose this one, but like the song, there's a lot of contenders this time around. So um, okay. I didn't listen to the Ghetto Boys um, much. Slater Kinney was alright. Um, I'm still still on the on the fence of whether I'm a Slater Kinney fan or not. Um, this this was not as strong as um it was last year, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure. The Neutral Milk Hotel. Um, I know that their next one's like a big, like alternative album. Like it's on all the top ten lists and lots of stuff. The but this one here I found pretty hard to listen to. <laughs> and the last one wasn't bad. The one before yeah. this. Yeah, this one was um, very noisy. I don't not sure if I like it or not. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll play one of the. <clears throat> There's like a lot of this like little like incidental sort of one minute songs. Yeah, it's a little bit. I'm sure if you're a neutral milk, if you're a milker, I'm assuming that's probably <laughs> you'll love this stuff. Uh, um, sorry, did you did you finish your thought on Slater Kenny? I think I just cut you off. Nah, it was. I was saying it's not as as strong as the previous one. It, it I, I didn't even notice like a bass in it. Um, I don't sorry. know. I just I found like the songs themselves like how good. Um, the day you went away was so good from their last album. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying not to compare to that, but <laughs> every now and then they have songs that are just that uh, they're just a hit perfect, and nothing on this album for me did. Um, I really liked Super Drag. I, I love this song. It's, yeah, I really like Super Drag. <laughs> that song I, Sucked Out is just amazing. I probably should have given them a go, but I didn't get that far. I remember that's a song uh, a few years ago when I was just like, I think I chucked on a random 90s like alternative playlist or something like that, and that song came on. I hadn't heard it since the 90s, probably, and I'm like, oh, man, Super Drag. The album's really good. Um, it kind of walks that weasel line between punk and alternative. It's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Yeah. Um, got a good voice, too. Yeah, yeah. Now, Tiny Music, um, gifts from the Vatican gift shop. <laughs> um the Stendhal Pilots album. Now, this one got a lot of flack because uh, 
it'd been a while then since uh, a couple of years since um Vas- uh sorry um since what was that other one what was one before this one called purple purple yeah sorry and this one like i was listening to it again and i was like there's actually like a quite a lot of good songs on here um i don't know whether big bang baby should have been the the, the lead single um i don't know whether that sort of uh leads i don't know whether it showcases what the album is in the in the best way um at the time though i fucking love this song it's um i remember the the film clip too was like real lo-fi it was like that was stone temple pilots yeah <laughs> that did not sound like them at all yeah okay um Maybe I should have tried it. Uh, yeah, there's like this one's got yeah, it's, it's got like a few really decent songs in it, but I think it just got sort of over and like he was really in the depth of his um drug addiction at this time too. I think the band was kind of falling apart, so they didn't really tour this one that much. Um, I believe this was probably like the last one with him on it. But like, there's one that you you skipped over, you mentioned, but you didn't listen to, and I think you're gonna be quite upset. Cause I don't know if you knew that this was on there or not. Um. Okay. It might make people think of GTA. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, but um, if we get to the good stuff. Remember this? Does it put a very specific image in your head? Yes. Is this the load screen? No, this is three men beating up a printer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is coming up in office space. Oh, yeah. And because of that movie and that clip, I really, really love this song. What's it called? I mean, it's a good song anyway. Uh, Still by Ghetto Boys. Nice. Uh, It is a good song regardless, but just having that connection just instantly made me love it. And I'm pretty sure it is in GTA or it's very similar. I think it sounds like the load screen to to, to GTA. uh, It's San Andreas. Um. Man, that's <laughs> does, I did miss out. Damn it! It's just too much to listen to. Uh, Verve pipe. Yeah, um, I really liked the. I like the Verve pipe. I think his voice has a kind of Peter Gabrielness to it. It's that just... Eddie Vedder, like he's like it's a. Yeah, a bit, but there's. Eddie Vedder. Uh, I don't know. It was. I I enjoyed them. Um, I really liked uh, Lush too. Like this this song. Um... The melody to this song is again. Um, they were kind of a shoegazy band, but then they went Britpop for their last album. You might remember this. No, I did not. It was very um yeah I, I this one I'd heard somewhere before, and when I when I played it like this week, I'm like, oh man, I know that from. Um, uh, it must have been in a movie or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, Jarvis Cocker's on this album too. He does like a guest vocal on on uh, one of the songs. Um, but it was the last song, the last album for that band. If you ever went to any '90s festival, Pollyanna would be there. They'd do a lot of the um, support slots for alternative bands. Good, good for them. Good. This one here, Pistons, really good. Um, how? It's uniquely Australian, yeah? I find yeah. it. 
Yeah. It's this yeah, one's cool. Okay. It's called Long Player. Um, if you get it's on um, Apple, it's really really good. Um, and I remember seeing them quite a few times um, around the traps um, in late nineties, early two thousands. So yeah, good stuff. So yeah, that's that's pretty much everything that I listened to. Um, Same. I like I said, I did not do as much. I mean, there was a lot. Who's going to listen to all of it? Come there on. There was yeah. I'm going to give. Um, I really want to give it to Mother Mother, but I I have to I have to represent my my B and L. I bear like a ladies and straw hat old Dave Hank is like I play that a lot. Um if I got a guitar, like I'll usually the first thing I I play is like a couple of chords from that song. So it's um yeah, it's gonna be that. And then for the album it's gonna be super drag. Feel like that's one that I might go back to and give a go. Well and I'm gonna get it to Ghetto Boys too, because like man Yeah you are <laughs> <Missed> <laughs> Speaking uh, of, uh the Ghetto Boys still is my song. Yep. And don't shame me, but I'm going to give my album to the Verve Pipe because it was just, it's kind of like middle of the road nothingness, but there's, like I said, there's, it kind of sounds like Peter Gabriel sometimes. It's got a Jimmy Eat World vibe. They're just, they're good background, you know, you can have it on and it's not going to get in the way. But if you listen to it, it's it's not that bad either. And your movie? So, (laughs) the best movie of the month, I think, best film wise, is Fargo. Okay. But my but, film is Birdcage. Yeah, my mine's Birdcage too. I had the most fun watching it. It was it was nearly that or executive decision to be fair. <laughs> like Fargo's great, get me wrong, but don't get me wrong, but like it's a lot of it's a lot of people's favourite film. Um yeah. and I had And more it, it's f- a great film. But I think like with the rewatch of it, it's just like, oh like I know this film back to front, but I was genuinely excited to watch Birdcage again and I was genuinely excited to see Executive Decision and just like be taken in by it. So Yeah. Um, yeah. that my issues obviously with Birdcage is the sun is atrocious. Yeah. Um, you do hear the word fag a bit. Uh, but yeah, it was just, uh, it was, it was a good time mostly. Um, I didn't point out with Fargo that Prince is not in it. Uh, I don't know if that's a common thing or not, but he is credited as being in the film and he is not in the film. Oh, okay. Did you see that in the credits? Yeah, I think I, um, his little symbol comes up. Yeah, it was. I think it was like an in joke thing. I think it was apparently like, he wanted to be in it because yeah. he's from Minnesota. I think it's like area in that area. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then they just couldn't get him in it, so they just you know put his name or his little symbol in there. <laughs> um, and girl six was in there with a the shot. Uh, I think because the bar was so low with my dislike towards Spike Lee films generally. No offense, <laughs> I just don't really like him. You found a good, yeah. And I just, I've always really liked Teresa Randall. Cool. All Bird, right. Well, Birdcage. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Birdcage made too. So, uh, get in contact with us at livingthepasspod at gmail.com. Um, check out our Instagram because there'll be a bunch of there for this, from this episode. Um, check it out our X-Files one, do you think on spooky uh, podcast? You can find that anywhere you get podcasts. And yeah, thanks for listening. Um, we really appreciate it. Appreciate your time. We know these ones are long, but like, there's just so much to get through. So, but but they're, but they're so worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So until April, I shall. Uh, we'll, we'll see. You, we'll see you soon. Bye, pastors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna catch on. <laughs> I hope not. Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. 
Check out his stuff at antigold.bandcamp.com. Artwork by Carly Kagenvin. Check out her stuff at carlykagenvin.design on Instagram. Or email her, carlykagenvin at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a faster review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later. Thank you.